Hello, friends, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Packy Run podcast. Um, here just to do a quick cold open to give you guys a heads up. If this episode doesn't sound exactly how you're used to this podcast or your other podcasts sounding, that is because Dan and I finally got our shit together and did an episode in person. We were sitting across a table uh, using an omnidirectional microphone and actually talking to each other instead of talking on FaceTime and having to deal with silences and all that kind of stuff. So thank you to Dan and Justine for hosting a space for us to actually get to do that. Uh, shout out to Sean Harkins for initially being part of that and then joining Dan and I in our depression about uh, Patriots football and how it stands right now. That kind of is what it is. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys all have a happy new year and keep an ear out. We're going to be doing some more stuff in 2022. I'm sure that at some point I will get my life together and I will do a clip show like I did last year uh, to tide you over until everybody's kind of settled and ready to start recording. And yeah, enjoy the show, I guess. Question about socks. <laughs> Dan, tell me about socks, bro. <laughs> Dude, they keep your feet warm. I always wear black socks because they're pretty sick. I don't like the white socks. They always get dirty. But socks, man, they're awesome. <laughs> How passionate are you? Three. Two, one, fuck you. We don't have to sync anything, actually, because we're in person. It's just one fucking table, Dan. The we're, lunch table. It's the <laughs> this. This is the table. We are here. Welcome back to the Packy Run podcast, friends, family, the... Uh, People in other countries that listen to us that I don't understand why. This is uh, this is the Packy Run podcast. We are here. We are live broadcasting to you from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Yes. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time. We are uh, we're back. We've this is the second time we've seen each other since I've been up from Nashville, which is crazy, and uh, yeah. We're here to do the Packy Run podcast. For it's it's live. It's the first time we've done it live. How fitting that it's episode fifty. Yes, the big five zero. We have. I don't think I expected us to get to fifty episodes, regardless, because you and I are both ADD children. <laughs> yeah, we we tend to be like that. I didn't. I didn't think we'd get here, but here we are, sitting uh, sitting at your girlfriend's parents house and we're doing the thing we are finally doing the thing um we've talked about doing um a show or doing an episode um in person we've talked about it a couple of times but it just never materialized well and i think i've told people this i don't think i've said it on the podcast i've said a couple of times because people have asked um you and I get to a position when we're actually in the same room where we're both so focused on just being there and being present and just like 
I haven't seen you in a couple of years. Right. I'm just I'm or here. in a couple months or whatever the time it has been. Exactly. Like I'm just here with my best friend. Like all vibes. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just here to hang out with my best friend. I'm not I'm not trying to put a microphone in front of us. Um which is part of the reason why yes, two days ago. Uh I've been back in Boston for a couple of days and met up with Dan up in Brighton. We went back we went down to our my R R friend. He's a friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod, Sean Harkins. First, Shout out to him. First sponsor of the pod. Uh, we were hanging out with him for a little bit, and we tried. We were depressed about the Patriots, which we'll get into. But you know, we were sitting there, and we thought about doing a recording while we were all there, and having Sean on the podcast. And we all just sat back, and we were like, man. I don't think we ever said it in as many words, but it was like, man, I just like to, I would just like to hang around my guys. Right. I think that was like the total vibe. Um, we brought all the equipment. Yeah. Needed. Um, but you know what? Like don't always have to be doing something sometimes like just hanging out, doing playing smash and eating (laughs) Chinese food is just good enough. Eating Chinese food, eating pizza, eating fried. Like it was just, it was way more about just being with the people. So, you know, that's how that first attempt went. And now we're here and it was sitting back and being like, you know what? We're in the same place. We don't have that many distractions because your girlfriend is two floor, two floors below us working. Yes. We got the time. Let's give the people what they want, which is your resident dumbasses talking about whatever the hell comes to mind. It's a big episode. Cheers, my guy. Cheers. Let's go. Um, how do we start? How do we start when we're sitting across the same exact fucking table? <laughs> well, for starters, um, before this, we went to a brewery um, down in Falmouth. Uh, right now we're in Dennis, Massachusetts. Uh, but we went to, oh, geez, what's the name of this brewery that we went to? Bad something? Um, Bad Martha Brewing Company. So we went down there. We were hanging out, having a couple drinks, you know, just chilling. Um, Justine requested something uh, to come back to. So I brought back some cranberry hard seltzers that we're both having one of each. Yeah, it's it's like cranberry. Pretty tart, pretty sour. Um, You know, pretty good. So for once, we're drinking the same thing. We're sitting across from each other, and uh, we're doing the Packy Run live. What a time to be able, like it! It literally just hit me as we were hitting record. Like we are, we're finally, <laughs> we're finally doing the thing across from the table. Um, one mic, one computer. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and make this good as we can audio wise for you guys. Um, I'm sure that next time that Dan and I sit down and record, um, based on upgrades that he and I have both made, yes, we are we're gonna sound even better heading into 2022, and we've already made a commitment to try and really make 2022 the year of the Packy Run. Um, but it does give me a new appreciation. I do want to give a shout out to my buddy Tony down in Nashville. Um, he's talked a couple of times about plugging the Packy Run. He hasn't done it yet because he's even more ADD than the two of us, <laughs> but he, uh, 
he has a podcast called Sounds and Cinema, and he did a live live. Like he and his partner were up on a stage at Bowie's down in Nashville um, doing their whole podcast. And I remember sitting down at the bar and having a couple of drinks and looking at Tony and being like, man, you're just all over the place. You're, (laughs) you can't even keep on track. How are you doing this? And now I'm sitting face to face with Dan and I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. That's how this goes. I mean, um, I watch certain other podcasts. Um, but we should probably turn that down um, so we don't have Teams notifications popping up yeah. um, into the mic. Um, anyways, um, like I, I see how like the H3H3 H3 podcast goes and like all those other ones um, that are live and they do like video recordings with it as yeah. well. Um, yeah, how do they not get off? They get yeah. off track quite a bit. I think it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, it's just it's the uh, it's the format. You're sitting in front of a, sitting in front of a couple of your buddies and or one of your buddies in this case and talking shit and tell the that's <laughs> how it goes. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, we're here. We're having a couple of drinks. We're hanging out. We're in person for the first time. It's episode fifty. Did you think we would get to 50 episodes? Um, you know, for a little bit, like with both of us being so busy, probably not. But I also, and I came to this realization recently, I love, and and I used to love being in bands so much, creating music, going to band practice and doing all that stuff. Like I miss that kind of process. But I also love this, like podcasting, um, I had a radio show for a little bit while I was in New York, um, and I've stopped doing it, um, but I have found someplace in Boston to do a radio show again, so hopefully I will start that back up again, because this is just what I like to do. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Just talking shit, right? Just shooting the shit and, like, just, just like, it's, I think every single person a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not that creative. I'm not a creative person. I think every single person is creative in some sort of way and yeah. wants to create something. Like I'm I'm a I I will be forthright. I'm a terrible musician. I'm a I'm not that Same. good. No, but I am bad. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Although I just I just got my bass back yesterday and I was having playing it for like an hour for the first time in like a year and a half, like two years. And it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things. And I do kind of regret not pushing harder for having Sean on the podcast while we had him there. Because um, I know that he's exhibited similar hesitancy. Mm. Um, I mean, anyone can do this. This is... Well, and that's the thing that I've kind of talked to people about. And to varying degrees, I've downplayed the packy run Mm. um despite the fact that you know the people that listen to it really seem to love it it's been one of those things where it's like okay on the one hand yeah i get it it's on the surface level it's definitely intimidating right to be recorded while you're talking shit well that and also like i mean you're putting yourself out there yeah, like, my, like our opinions about the Patriots, whether they're good, bad, 
um, or anything. And we've had some good takes and we've had some terrible takes. Believe me. And we've heard them. We, we, we hear from you guys. Yeah. Um, we hear from our friends and family like, oh, that's a bad take. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so what? I think that's everyone has an opinion yeah. that they want to share. And that's been the thing has been like, to your point, but also I think a little bit in a grievance to your point, there's been a couple of people that have treated this podcast when I've talked to them, right? Mm. They've been like, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you put yourself out there. Like it seems, especially we are a small podcast right? by podcasting standards, but you know, the people that are with us are definitely with us. And those people that have been with us are the people that I've gotten that feedback from where they've been like, oh man, how do you like, how do you maintain that? How do you guys keep that energy up? How do you do, you know, how do you do it as consistently as you do, even if we don't feel like we're doing it consistently? And my answer has always been the whole thing was started in the pandemic and it's easy to use the pandemic because so many people just went and started podcasts during that. And just um, random other things. On yeah. Top of that. Like, but my whole thing has been, it's nice to have an excuse to sit down, especially when we're dealing with FaceTime and technical difficulties and everything else. You know, we consistently get to an hour, hour 15, hour and a half. Right. At the end of the day. But the actual recording time with FaceTime delays and everything else is usually the better part of two, two and a half, three hours. Like, it's just nice to be able to sit down once a week, a couple of times a month, whatever it is, and just bullshit with my best friend for a couple of hours without distractions, without anything else. And I think that's the reason why we don't have a huge following, but we have the following that we do have because there are people that are sitting back and being like, oh yeah, that like they recognize that. Yeah. These are just two kids that love talking about the Patriots and fucking punk rock music yeah. for a couple of hours whenever they can. And that's big. Yeah, absolutely. It's just what we like to do. You're not wrong. <laughs> so with all that being said, how many games have we missed since last episode two? We've missed two. Um, the Colts and Buffalo. The, yep. Which, um, from what I from what I remember about the last episode, I said I think we're going to sneak out the Colts win, but it's going to be a tough game. It was a tough game. Um, and you know what? We had we were starting to make a comeback later in the game. Um, we had no business coming back in that one, though. So, no business. <sighs> We didn't want it. We didn't. And, you know, a couple of players talked about in practice and everything else, it wasn't something didn't feel right. Something didn't, you know, something was off. Um, but talking about the game itself, yeah, it it took three quarters before we hit any kind of a stride. And even when we kind of started to put it together, it wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. And we just made way too many mistakes. Um, Jonathan Taylor, the Colts running back, is he's on another level this year. He is the best running back in the league, without a question. And he showed up 
like there was a stat that went on through the game that was like um Belichick haven't had um it was like some really good stat against running backs. He hadn't had a running back like score a touchdown and get a hundred yards and like he had that. Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna win a game like that. We're not gonna win a game with Mac Jones turning the ball over. Um you're not gonna win it with um Kyle Duggar getting uh thrown out of the game. Nope. Like we just lost our our focus on that game. And I guess, you know, it's a momentum ender because we we went into our bye week. We won seven games at that point. Seven straight games. Yeah. And, mm, man, like, then that Buffalo game hit and, you know, Buffalo played to win. They just wanted they that game. They wanted that game. They wanted... They wanted our. They wanted to destroy us, and you know what? To their credit, they deserve to win that game. You can't, I can't even be mad at it. Yeah, I'm disappointed by the Patriots and and their lack of. Um, like there was just they well, look sluggish. But before we get into, I mean, Buffalo is the backbreaker. Yeah, not the season ender, but just morally the backbreaker. Yeah. Let's focus on the Indiana game a little bit more. They, that was, it was going to be game eight if they were going to continue their streak, right? Right. And I remember a lot of people going into that game were like, they have to lose eventually. They're not going to win out. And in the back of my mind, I was kind of there. I won't lie. Right. Same. I was like, I don't know. I, I was like, obviously, I want them to win. Yeah. But... Like, can they truly... I mean, the Colts are a good team. They're well-coached. They got talent everywhere. They underachieve in a lot of ways. In many ways. Like, they always, for whatever reason, go out... They always have a bad start. Yeah. Like, what was it, a few years ago when they still had um, Andrew Luck? They were like 0-5. Lost against us, like, Thursday night. And then later on, they were... In the playoffs. Just right down the stretch. Right down the stretch. So you can never count them out. But that Indiana game was just... I think the Indiana game was... That was the red flag, I think. And it was the red flag, and it's interesting to talk about because if you listen back to previous podcasts, if you and I think about the way that we were talking about so much of this stuff going into the season... It was the, I think the Indiana game was the equalizer. So was it Carolina? Who was who was the game that we were talking about a couple of months ago where we were like, if we look back on a playoff run Patriots team, there was one game mid-season where I said, this is going to be the game where we go back and we see this team flip the switch. Like they, they started cooking. I mean... I would say the the worst game this season, besides the performance against Buffalo, up until that point, was the Saints game. Yeah. The Saints game, but that was really early on. Um, There were games earlier that season that, like, that I think you might be talking about the Chargers game. 27 to 24. Yeah. It was like a close one down the stretch. Yeah. But that's, 
that's been so symptomatic of this Patriots team and the past two weeks have been a reminder of what we were talking about in the beginning of the season. And I said it, you guys weren't here for it. Um, I drove up to Quincy from Plymouth, from my parents' house, picked up Sean and his fiance, and we went to go watch the game up in Brighton with Dan. And we got there and we were hanging out and we were ordering pizza and just having a great time. And once again, just for me personally, I want to put it on the record how fucking great it's been to be around my people. Yes. That's just like these past couple of days have been amazing. Want to put that on the record. We get up to Brighton. We're talking about the Patriots. The game has started. We're talking shit. And at one point early, early on in the game, I said... You know, we had already had a couple of flags. We were, it was already kind of apparent that we were playing against ourselves with Buffalo, which we'll get into. But the point being, I sat back and I went, you know, this team is already outperforming what our actual expectations were, even after an offseason spending spree, a, a objectively pretty good draft. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, who's, a very important player on that defensive line and Ramondre Stevenson, like, and we haven't talked like those, the other players in that draft have not had the chance to shine yet. Yeah. But those are like three notable ones that have had some serious playing time and have done wonders with this team. So I remember saying that towards the beginning of that Buffalo game. And I think that's probably going to be the theme throughout our entire Patriots talk here has just been tempering expectations. Right. I mean, uh, what was my prediction earlier this year was 10 and seven and possible wild card. I mean, we are currently sitting at nine and six sitting at the sixth seed. If everything ended today, we would be facing the Bengals who Cincinnati has the same record as us currently. Yeah. And I see no reason why we couldn't go in there and, and possibly win. But, I mean, that's about it. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still seeing, despite my hype for the past couple of weeks, I'm still standing by what I said at the beginning of the season. 11-6 playoffs, they are what they are. We, I think there's a decent chance that we outcoach more than a few teams. Yeah. We're we're doing fine. I just, especially after this past Sunday, Buffalo's the team to beat in the AFC, and well, that well, gets into a well AFC East at least. I don't. Yeah, but do you do you see the Chiefs pulling it out against Buffalo with the way that they are just Buffalo's changed the game in the way that it's not Buffalo's not playing. I would not call Buffalo disciplined football, right? Well, they're the not. Chi- the Chiefs, with as with as amazing as Patrick Mahomes has been, and you got to give credit to that kid. I yeah. hate seeing the Chiefs doing so well. Yeah, I you're you're think... like a big Patrick Mahomes doubter. I've been on the Patrick Mahomes no, 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 like, no. bandwagon. I'll, I'll correct you on that. I'm not a Patrick Mahomes doubter. I've got a little bit of a personal beef with the Chiefs, the same way that I have a personal beef with the Titans due to reasons things that are that have nothing to do with football fair enough but Patrick Mahomes is a stud Patrick Mahomes can get things done 
But the thing that I see in Josh Allen and Buffalo more than I've seen with Mahomes and the Chiefs is Mahomes Mahomes and the Chiefs seems bland. Mm. And not like not not to the not to the T, not that they have those game plans immediately unfolded. Some of those throws that Mahomes makes are just I don't care who you are as a football fan, who you claim as a team, you can't you can't replicate that. No. Like that is God-given talent and Absolutely. Like God bless Patrick Mahomes, that's probably the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now. Still, but the thing that differentiates the Chiefs from the Bills is the Chiefs, it seems to come at random. The Chiefs, it seems to truly come from, oh my God, how did Patrick Mahomes do that? Whereas the Bills and Josh Allen seems to be, they they understand their quarterback's ability to improvise and they have plays that are designed where, well, this is the play design, but it's all shit. Somebody has already been three steps behind that, right? Somebody has been set up where if Josh Allen is, one person like if Josh Allen is, whatever, the Bills have somebody ready to kind of make that change. The Bills seem a little bit more put together in that aspect, whereas the Chiefs were coasting for the past, the past four years on Mahomes will get us out of anything because it doesn't matter. I mean, for earlier this season, we... Oh, uh-oh. We still, I think we're still good. We're still good? We're recording? I think we're still good. Hold on. Three, two, two, one. So yeah, I feel like I feel like Allen has a little bit more play design, a little bit more of thought process behind right. it, with the expectation that he can make something happen, as opposed to Mahomes, where part of the reason why it's been so prolific has been he truly is improvising without safety nets underneath him and i mean like patrick mahomes he i mean we we saw earlier this year that maybe he is getting maybe the chiefs are expecting to just to bail him out and i don't know like they're not doing so well they for for like the same week both the chiefs and the patriots were two and four that's crazy to think about and now the chiefs are the hottest team in their they're the first seed in the afc I made this argument watching the Buffalo game. Josh Allen might be harder to stop than Patrick Mahomes because Josh Allen has Josh Allen has that better running ability than Patrick. Like Patrick is elusive and he can pick you up like ten yards out of a like out of and avoid like a rushers. But Josh Allen is a stronger running uh, runner and has as good of an arm as Patrick Mahomes. I'll give you that Josh is a stronger runner. I'm not sure he's better, and I think that comes to play design. Which well, is... I don't think Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. I was saying I think he might be harder to stop than Patrick. I think yeah. Josh still is making a little bit too many mistakes. And sure, Patrick Mahomes has also made... he's. He led the NFL in interceptions at one point, but uh, it's you know it's gonna be it's it's wow we're gonna have to face that guy two times a year now for yeah. the next fifteen years. Imagine that. That's brutal. Mm. I just think 
I think there's the potential for the Patriots to come in and do what they've always done because that's what we are as a Patriots podcast. I think I think they can still make it happen and I think they can still outsmart a quarterback like that because they have so many times. Yeah. I mean, look at Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning for many years couldn't get past the Patriots. Didn't take until like 2006 in that AFC championship game. I remember that game very vividly. Um, God, we were up 21 to three after the first half and uh, they they came back. That was also the same year Peyton Manning won his Super Bowl with the Colts. It's just, I, especially after the past two weeks, I don't think we're there yet. We no. are we are way further along than anybody wanted us to be. We are way further along than I think anybody in New England thought we would be. Like the Patriots are still power players and they're still and I hate to do what so many of us were doing last year, right? With Cam, everybody especially down this particular stretch of the season, everybody was just doing the math. Well, if this team loses, if we can pull this out, if we can do that. Either we they do were this. doing the math or they were just like, the Patriots should just tank. They should just lose the rest of their games and get a high draft pick. And I'm like, that's the dumbest like thinking you could like to even suggest that is stupid. Well, and, and we got and we got and now let's fully transition into the Buffalo game. We talking about it. <laughs> talking about that. The game we played about the game we played against Buffalo last time, right? It was so 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 easy to make the argument and kind of rightfully so. We didn't ask anything of Mac Jones. He only passed 3 times. It was all running game, it was all everything. And I mean, I it worked. I it did work and I made an argument and I did mention in the last podcast episode. I was like it's a. I, I wonder what it's going to look like when they're going to need to ask Mac to do more. And, I mean, the next game against Indianapolis, like, Mac threw it 49 times, you know? Not great. Not great. I Mac is... Mac has had a really good rookie season, and, you know, he has done a great job, but I'm not... I'm not ready to... It's like it's like um, handing you can't hand a sixteen-year-old the keys to a Ferrari. Yeah, I, I'm not, and I mean like not that the Patriots' offense is a Ferrari. Like we have names, we're not like we're not like the Dallas offense, for example, who just has an abundance of weapons. Yeah, like we have we have like some good players who can make plays, but and I think. The one thing that we're really struggling with, and it's, I mean, Josh Allen struggled with it earlier on in his career. He was struggling up until he got someone like Stephon Diggs throw the ball to. Yeah. We need someone like that. Not Stephon Diggs, but someone who fits that bona fide target. Number one guy, like, they can toss their hand up and we can just throw it to them and expect them to come down and catch it. And just, we've done enough for this season. 
I think is my my argument. Win, lose, draw, however far we get into the playoffs, whatever. I would I mean we've still got two weeks to play. Yeah. We've still got still got things to overcome. It's not often that I look at the accolades outside of winning the Super Bowl. It's not often that I sit back and go, okay, somebody deserves this award or that award or whatever. For, I do still think that based on this season, there's a solid argument to be made for Bill Belichick as coach of the season, executive of the, of the season. The fact that we're, we're, we are where we are at yeah, due to his leadership, that's... I don't think I don't think I have a solid argument against that because of the way the Patriots have been dominant for so long. Mm-hmm. And then to lose Brady and to have one down year where it was really a down year. I mean, seven and nine is not a down year for the Patriots. It's a, that's a down year. I mean, for any- for the for the NFL, it's not a down year. That's a your middle of the road. Your middle of the road, which like- I think actually strengthens my argument, is you have one down year with air quotes, which these people can't see. <laughs> you have one down year, and then you go to what we've done with a rookie quarterback with an obscene spending spree, like. They're performing to expectations, and I think that's the toughest part for anybody that's rooting for the Patriots or that is just in the national media who wants to just write off like, "Mm, Mac Jones has a ceiling. Kind of, but not really. Like, it's still... It's also his rookie year. Like, we... I mean, like... But regarding Brady coming into the the into the league, everyone wrote him. He off. was still two years in. Well, he was two years in, and people were writing him off. Like at, reading the scouting report on Tom Brady, like average throws, average everything was average to below average. I mean, six round pick. Mac Jones was a first rounder for for a reason. Yeah, and. You know, at the beginning of the draft process last year, like, I think even at this point, like, if we're talking like last year, he was supposed to be a second round pick. He's exceeded expectations. In so many... uh, He hasn't done anything to have lost us games. He hasn't done... I mean, yeah, sure. Turning the ball over, never good. He didn't lose us the game on Sunday. He hasn't lost us any of those games. And that's the thing is like as a as an NFL fan, right? There's a lot to be desired because you want to win. And especially being a New England Patriots fan, we have become accustomed to a certain style of win. Absolutely. But given the situation for the past two years, what more could you want out of this team? And that's why I was I was above and beyond. For most people, at the beginning of the season, when I said mm, eleven and six, yeah, you could feel and that. That seems to be what they're going towards. With maybe a little bit of a playoff push, I'm not super confident, but maybe if this team 
can get themselves together if they're disciplined, if they're there's there's an opportunity there. Yeah. Like what more could you want from this year and this team? I'm not seeing much else. Like I'm not wanting for much more besides being a Patriots fan and just wanting to be back in that Super Bowl bubble. Right. And I think there are lots of Patriots fans who have expectations of Mac taking us to the Super Bowl and like I'm sorry. Like we're not quite there yet, but like just you gotta be patient. You gotta you just 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 wait. The kids We still over- have a great team around him too. We have um we have a great defense, you know. Um Matthew Judon who he hasn't looked hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked good the last two weeks. I think he's just looking a little and I didn't even realize it until you mentioned it. He has looked very sluggish. Yeah. Um and to Buffalo's credit, they just they the the key with that game was Buffalo went for it every chance that they could get. I, I remember watching the game and I said Buffalo has to go for it, and like you, you and Pat would look at me like, give me a look, and I'm like, they have to go for this if they want to win. And I called it every single time. Like, and do you remember did. that? And they did. Like every time they they were fourth and short, I would I would be like, they have to go for this. They're going for this. If they want to win, they got to go for this. Not that I'm rooting for Buffalo. Like, don't get it. Don't don't get that twisted. Like I was like, if they want to really stick it to us, they're not gonna punt. They're not gonna go for that field goal. They're going to go for that touchdown. Well, especially after the way you could kind of see the writing on the wall, especially after the loss to Indiana. Like they, I mean, they pissed themselves. They were done after that initial loss, and then we shot the bed against the Colts and then we came right back to Buffalo and they were out for revenge and and they went they went for it every chance they got they really they played the chess match and we didn't get out coached because I think a lot of the coaching was well we did get out coached but we we fought through that and it just wasn't enough we weren't we weren't there no, we were definitely not. I mean, we look at, I mean, Buffalo had 75 plays to our 60. Um, they had the ball for 11 times more, 11 minutes more than we did. Um, to give perspective on the other Buffalo game and what happened, we had a total of 57 plays and had. Actually, wait, we had, we did have 49 plays, but we controlled the ball. We had it for 32 minutes to their, uh, seven, like 28 or whatever. Not a lot of time, but between the difference, but I mean, we, Buffalo really controlled the game. They, they, they did everything in their power. They were like, we, we're going to go for this as many times as possible. If we don't make it. So be it. Like you have to stop us, and we couldn't get a third down. We couldn't complete a third down to save our soul. One for ten. One for ten, and they had 
they were six for 12 on third down, three for four on fourth down. That's the story of the game. And max two interceptions. We we were surging so, a little bit in that bet in like the fourth quarter. Here's a here's a hot take. This season, mm-hmm. there have been some there have been some bad plays, right? We've got a rookie quarterback. You've got to take you have to take that in stride. I don't give a fuck about max interceptions. Any of them this year. Like it hurt last year with Cam. Those interceptions hurt mm-hmm. each and every one of them. Max interceptions this year have been like learning process. And maybe that's just me making excuses. Right. But I just haven't cared that much. Because what I've seen leadership-wise and the way that he's really moved the ball and he's admitted himself more than most rookies into a game manager position, I don't care. That's I'm sure Bobby's going to listen to this and tell me I'm an asshole, but... I mean, you don't win if you don't win the turnover battle. That's the, that's the key, and... You're not wrong. And... We have won when we went on that streak. We were winning the turnover battle. Um, like we, that's what why we were so, so successful. And I mean, also COVID did affect this team in in the way of Nelson Aguilar wasn't there. Um, who's he's you know he's not he's not a type top flight wide receiver, but he's had quite a bit of like you know, receptions this year that have helped this team. And uh, we, I, we were really bagging on Nikhil Harry during this game. <sighs> um, the three of us, me, you, and Sean, the whole time were like, Nikhil Harry needs to go. I still feel that way. I still feel that way either. Like, like I still feel that way. He just... He, he's he's the equivalent of like no he doesn't even do that I was gonna say he's the equivalent of like a like a basketball player that just scores uh, a bunch of points but plays no defense he like cherry picks but like Nikhil doesn't even do that because he doesn't even have any positive real plays he's you know who's he's like he's like um, Chris Davis he's not he's just a bust top to bottom Nikhil Harry is. And I thought last year was too, like, at the end of last year was too soon to call him a bust. I mean, like, but this this year, it's pretty, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. The writing is on the wall. He, we're good? Yep. The writing's on the wall. He needs to just, he needs to go. He's not, it was one thing before this offseason. And then he went and tried his agent pushed for a trade and that had me sitting back and being like what the fuck what has he shown that makes him worthy of a trade what, why would any team want him right he's in pretty much the perfect position to succeed and he hasn't so you're gonna push for a trade okay show us what you're worth and i thought that that maybe I thought maybe this season was going to be a little bit more of that, where he was going to make his worth shown and we were going to have to eat our words. Yeah. Because especially after the past two years, I was waiting for that. 
right. like some player to sit back and be like, and this I, is what I can do. I don't want any Patriots player to fail. Yeah. I, I wanted I want him to succeed. I want him to be a part of the team. But if he's, if he's not contributing in a positive way, he's dropping the ball, doesn't know the playbook. Clearly doesn't know the playbook. Like, like... That's not how it works. And he's, he, like, it's, yeah, it's at the point, I think, what you were getting at. The kid's a bust. There's, there's no, you know, if, if he just... If he was okay, caught a couple passes, and didn't do a lot, I'd be okay with that. But he doesn't even do that. Nikhil doesn't do anything. He's just, he's not there. He doesn't know the playbook. Credit where credit is due. Some of the blocking schemes that they've given him, that's, he does okay with that, right? He's okay with that, but he, I'm not okay with him giving up on a play. Yeah, and which is too constant. Like, there is lots of plays where he just, he will block a defender into... And then just arms up in the air. He doesn't care. Like, man, like... Yeah, you did one job, but you didn't do your actual job. Like, Jacoby Myers, who was in that same draft, undrafted, is outplaying you. By a lot. By a lot. I mean, Jacoby has shown up and shown his worth. Gunnar Roshevsky, I'm pretty sure, from that same draft class, later round draft pick or undrafted, one or the other. I'd really love to see Gunnar go up in like a West Walker, Julian Edelman way and earn his way to wide receiver, but he's not quite there, but he's done his job. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> you know, as much as I love Bill Belichick, he can't, and Mac Jones is... is Maybe the exception. (laughs) Mac Jones is the exception, but like he can't draft offensive skill positions in the first round for shit. For for damn, I mean, like he's drafted some really good offensive linemen in the first round. I mean, Isaiah Wynn, uh, Logan Mankins, uh, Nate Solder has been really was was really good with the Patriots. Yeah, not so much with the Giants. Um, But I mean, yeah, we just. There's too many question marks. I mean, if there's if there's anything that Bill does, he he knows how to get players in free agency and use veteran players to the best of their abilities. Like for example, um, um, like look at like Rex Burkhead, for example. Like that was a underrated signing from what I remember. And like I, I remember listening to a podcast and they're like Rex Burkhead is going to be really good for the Patriots just you wait and I was like okay like I'm interested I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen and like sure enough Rex Burkhead was a great contributor to a lot of those Super Bowl teams I think the uh, I think the overall the overall thought process is, is I think we're beyond where we thought we were six months ago. We're missing pieces. We're missing pieces, but we're further ahead than we thought we were. Right. I I need to see another pass rusher, like great pass rusher. I want someone else on the other side of Matthew Judon. 
and then getting it's after so it. So sad thinking about those few games where Judon was just the guy. He's good. I like him. He, he I still like him a lot. He's good. I still I still love the guy. But man, what a cliff he fell off this season. Well, hold on a second. It's a little too early. It's still early. Pump the brakes on that. Let's see how he looks next week. I'm willing to pump the brakes. Like, sure, we all, I'm sure every player at this point is a little slow and a little, like, tired. And there must be more to the tape what happened to Matthew Jude on that game than what we know. I'm For all we know, he was probably double teamed the whole time. Kind of. I mean, like, how else are you going to stop the best edge threat this team has? Yeah. And I mean, also, like, I remember one of, what was it, like, Josh Allen's touchdown, like, he was about, he was right up to the line, right up to the, uh, I'm trying to think, like, you can't throw past the line of scrimmage, and he looked like he was about to walk in, or there was a guy wide open. How do you defend that? Josh Allen is a different beast, and you have to, which one do you go for in that case? don't have a good answer no i I mean that's rhetorical but like god damn like they're they're just a good team i we i i think there were expectations we were going to split the games with this yeah and i'm okay with that i'm okay with splitting with buffalo um i we gotta show what we actually have i would be in the next couple of games right i'd be mad if we were splitting with a team like the jets yeah and honestly, that 25 to 6 game, we should have beat them even more than that. Way more. Way more than that. Um, because we left so many points on the table. Yep. And that's not, I mean, like blowouts are not that fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw we, we were watching Cowboys and Washington football team. And that game was just that was that was done in the first quarter. Yeah, it was done in the first quarter. It was apparent. Yeah, like not very fun to watch. But yeah, the NFL is the NFL. It's still we still got a couple of weeks to play. We can the Patriots can make it. Other teams can make it. We're gonna see how it goes. The chess match doesn't really end and. Part of the reason why I like the league. Yeah. Right? And I mean, next week we're facing the Jaguars, which we have, we kind of, we haven't really been hyping, we've hyped up this game as we're just going to destroy this team. Um, I still see it that way. I mean, Bill Belichick facing against a rookie quarterback. Um, Typically, great success. Yeah. And I... I don't look at it any any different, but I look at it as a must win and a game that would it's a must win, but it doesn't really show how good we actually are or not. Yeah. Um that Miami game is going to be a tough way to end out the year. Um, That's the one game I was afraid of. Miami late in the season is never good for the Patriots. It might be good for a southern boy like Mac Jones, but still, it's anybody's game right now. And 
I think one of the things that is being missed by so many people is I want us to win. Mm-hmm. I want winning seasons. I want the Patriots to win. That is the thing. But where we're sitting right now versus where we were last year, being in the mix, I'm enjoying the competition. Well, like last it year, feels this, like last year at this point, we were in the hunt. Yeah. This year, we are, if everything ended today, we would have a spot. Yeah. So it's like, how mad can you really be? We have objectively gotten progress and it feels good for the most part. There's a lot of, there's a lot of details that need to be sorted out, but I feel okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not much to worry about. Um, and I'm excited about the future uh, of this team. Um, I would like to see the keys handed, the keys of the offense handed to the kid. Yeah. And also, I want a big time weapon. Yep. Um, you know, you know who's a free agent who would be or at the end of the season who would be great for the Patriots. Monte Adams, from the Green Bay Packers. Do I think we will get him? No. No, but but <laughs> I and the way that the salary cap is working and everything like that and all that other, you know, I would love nothing more than to see Devonte Adams in a Patriots uniform. I can't argue with that. No, it, like I don't think I, I think every Patriots fan would welcome that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. That's on my Christmas w- wish list. Well. Santa comes super, super early this year. Mm. Do we have anything else to add? On the Patriots? On the Patriots. Not at this very moment. Well, go fucking Pats. Yes. Um, Do you want to get into recommendations? Because I don't have any. I have one. Go for it. I have one. um, You were kind of listening to this on the way home, but not really. I mean, um, we're back here. But I have an album by Sloppy Jane called Madison, and it's not a typical punk rock um, album at all. Yeah. It's kind of like an avant-garde, like, weird, weirdish album. Um, There are some orchestral uh, pieces in this um, album. I think the big appeal to it is um, it was recorded in a cave in West Virginia. Um, My suggestion is listen to it with really good headphones because I, I think the way that the cave plays with uh, the recording, it kind of adds different feedback and um, a different echo. It acts as like a different instrument, which is really cool. Really like I, I would, even if, weird art rock type of thing is not really your thing which it's not for me but i got this recommendation i saw um anthony fantano the needle drops uh i saw his review of this album and i thought i've heard this band before let me let me give it a listen to um and it's it's um a weird album but it's really good check it out having listened to it for a lot of the ride home I will double that recommendation. And my only recommendation this week is 
go listen to the Gin Blossoms. Good band. That first album, New Miserable Experience, is there's a lot of hits on the album. They do a great job production-wise. Songwriting is perfect. Just go listen to the Gin Blossoms and really listen to it if you haven't before. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got too. So uh, thanks for listening to uh, thanks for listening to the fiftieth anniversary or it's, it's, not fiftieth anniversary fiftieth. <laughs> episode of this podcast it is the 50th episode of the packy run share it with a friend follow us on instagram or twitter at packy run pod and uh let's go for 50 more we're half we're halfway to edward 40 hands 2022 is coming baby let's (laughs) go (laughs) so aj and i made made a, a pact that for our hundredth episode, we would do Edward Forty Hands God for the hundredth episode. Um, you know, I feel like we're gonna lock back on that. <laughs> just, just based on, or will we? Or will we? God damn it! <laughs> Anyways, we will be back next year. Not too late. Like we will be back, um, and we will continue to be creating a podcast for you guys listen to we will do what we do thank you for listening and uh goodbye bye bye